Good morning. How's everybody doing? No, I want to hear individually from each one of you. Let's go around the room. Pete, we'll start with you. How are you? I always thought, I always wanted to write a software program that did counseling for you, but it was an Autobot, right? And it would just be this picture of this guy looking at you from the screen, and it goes, so, what's going on? And then you'd talk to the screen, it would read your mouth, and as soon as you stopped talking, it would go, mm-hmm, go on. Then you keep talking and go, ah, oh, hmm, go on. I don't know. I just think it'd be a good app. How many buy that app? Right? Yeah, they're all, yeah. Don't worry. We'll get like this really good looking guy's face going. Well, I can't even imitate a good looking face. (laughs) God is good, huh? Father, we thank you for your word um, that it is filled with life, Lord, that you desire us to not only know it, Lord, not, not just to do it either as some liturgy or um, in the human effort. But Lord, through the response of Jesus, Lord, your word coming alive in us so that it has real power. And we need that. And we want to walk in your way so that our lives can be transformed and so that we can walk in blessing. Lord, there's not a family in here. There's not a relationship or parenting relationship, Lord, that doesn't need more fruitfulness. And uh, we invite you into our lives, into our souls, Lord, into our resources. And uh, I just pray your, your grace upon us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, I shared with, um, you know, I, I, I talk to people during the week, you know, and, you know, for the last two or three weeks, and, you know, whenever I shared this morning something, and then people came to me afterwards, and I, I basically was just trying to be transparent, and I, I, I want to be myself when I'm up here. Is that okay? I, I, I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't have, uh, I talked to a pastor once who said, yeah, I go through everything I'm going to say, and how I'm going to say it, and I don't do any of that. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I know, I, I, I get in the word. I, I, I get with God. And I try to understand what I think his heartbeat is related to the scripture and the text. And, and then I, I get to know the text and get familiar, familiar with it. Not More than just a surface level. I, I try to apply it to my life. And, you know, there's sometimes where, you know, this week specifically, I, I was calling Jody. And sometimes you'll have a bunch of conversations with different people. And you're just tracking people's lives. And I, I sometimes think, do people not hear what you're preaching or talking about? And I, and I said to Jody, just, and by the way, I'm not quitting the ministry. I'm just being transparent. I told her, I said, I said, is my calling just not effective? You know, I mean, honestly, that's what I, I told her. I said, because sometimes I feel like I'm wasting my time, you know, because you'll be sharing and you want people to get a heart for what it is, but they don't seem to hear what you're saying. You know, and, um, and I'm, I'm not saying it to, to make you feel bad or anything like that or to tell you that I'm going to quit. You don't have to come up to me afterwards and, and tell me that my calling is good. I know that I have a calling from God, and uh, I'm not doing it to beg encouragement from you. It's just that sometimes, you know, when you're pastoring, you're leading, whether you're a parent, and you wonder, man, did my kids get this? You ever wonder that? And not that you, you guys are my kids, I'm not saying that, but... But the, the, 
you're imparting truth here. You're trying to impart truth to the local congregation, to the local city, more than just like in your home. This is a, a public reading in, of the scriptures and an exhortation. And I, I hope that when you listen, that it's more than just listening, but that you take some of these things home and you apply them. Do I hear amen? That, that you put them to practice. And um, the wise man listens and he grows wiser still. Now, I was sharing this first service. There was a, a couple of uh, the Pritchards, one of the first people that uh, laid hands on us. They laid hands on Jody and I when, when, when we were ordained as pastors. By the way, we didn't make up our own calling. We didn't go on the internet and join some school and get a diploma to become pastors and go, hey, let's start a church. Like the scriptures, we were called, and leaders and elders in our lives and the life of the church laid hands on us because they confirmed the call that God had for us. And I remember the Pritchards, there was an older couple, older couple they were in their 80s. They've since passed, and they're on with the Lord now. And they've been on the mission field 55 years. They, they were in some countries that had just such a, a minute Christianity. And at some places they had seen, you know, sometimes 20, 30,000 churches grow in some of these places. And um, the first time I ever heard Betty Pritchard preach, she spoke and she said, she said something that would be obvious to you, and maybe you've even heard it before, but this is quite a few years ago. She said, she said, what do you think you should be doing in the Lord right now? So I was thinking about it, and she goes, that's what I want you to go do now. Go do that now. And I, I told Jody, I said, they are so full of God. It's such, it blows you away. And it, it's like, it's not just the momentary, I just worshiped and I sense a little bit of the pizzazz of the Lord, but it's a life impacted where, where you, you're seeing blessings multiply in your, in your life. And you can't believe it. Don't you want to live that kind of life? Don't you want to experience that kind of joy? And, and sometimes people will say, you know, gosh, you know, you seem to have all kinds of things around you, a blessing. And I just go, yeah, it's the blessing of God. I can't explain it. How many know what I'm talking about? It's, it's the blessing of God. You, you can't explain it. And trust me, I have done so many stupid things. Haven't you? Yeah, I can see some of you have done even more stupid things. I can tell just by your face. I'm totally kidding. But for you, no, not really. Come on, James, you can only be a Raider fan for so long. After a while, you have to just give it up. I always tell him I'm going to tease him as he's walking by. I'm going to get him about the Raiders. No, I'm just teasing. God is good. I, you know, I hope that this wisdom of the ages is really meant to steer you to God's word and to trust it and to walk in it. Amen? And, and that it becomes incarnated in your life and that you trust it. You know how you know if you're a believer? Is that you believe it. Amen? It's not complicated, but you believe it and you go, man, I'm going to step out and I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to believe what God says and I'm going to do it. I'm so glad I did that with my finances years ago. I'm so glad I did it with my calling because there's so many things I could have been, right? But, but God had something better for me and um, 
And trust me, I'm not saying that because you should answer pastoral call. You should answer the call God has given you for the season you're in, right? God has a specific season and don't run away. It doesn't help because you take you with you, right? You end up wherever you are and then you look in the mirror and you go, and here I am again. Let God work on the inside. Let him change you. Let him transform you. Let him work on the inside of, of your heart and let some of the things become obedience in your life. I've had so many things that God slowly has moved toward obedience and sometimes I've just been stubborn. Have you seen that in yourself? Stubbornness? And, um, and before I get into the, my main text, I had just two scriptures I wanted to share with you that God put on my heart. And, and it's really for parents, but also just for your own growing in wisdom. I've read them before, but I want to read them just to you. They're not tied to my scripture, tied to my scripture for today of James 3 and Matthew 7. But they're just Proverbs that I felt like God said, include this. The first one is walk with the wise and become wise. The companion of fools suffers harm, gets himself in trouble. If you want to know how you're doing, look at your close friends. And I'm not talking about rejecting friends because they're not as smart or as you know, perfectly wise. But don't be the one who's influenced then. right? If you're hanging out with people who aren't in a good direction, you feel like God wants you still to be an influence, then be the influence. right? And for parents, the same thing. And parents, foolishness in Proverbs 22.15 is bound up in the heart of a kid. I know because I've been that fool as a kid. But the rod of discipline, and I'm not talking about the beating of a child. I'm talking about the scepter of God's discipleship. It will drive the foolishness far from your, away from your kid. And I'm just, I just want to just, these are just a few pastoral exhortations. I want to encourage you as parents Please be consistent with your kids so that they, they know what their boundaries are. Don't give your kid a ton of freedom and then back off and say, no, no, you're not going to get the freedom. It's better to give your kid not a lot of freedom and let them win and be faithful in it, right? And when they win and they do well, then you give them more freedom and show them that, that with their freedom, you know that they did well with it. Because one day as you give them more and more freedom, one day they'll look you in the eye and you'll look and, and at them and you go, I'm proud of that kid. Way to go. They'll still have their own choices to make. You can't control that. But you can teach them the way to walk. Amen? Yeah. Listen, otherwise you're going to suffer harm. One of the biggest testimonies you can have <clears throat> for our church is not going to be, boy, you know, and I listen to some of our music. How many, how many enjoy our musicians up here? Some of these young, young musicians. And, and I'm always blessed that, you know, with a lot, a lot of these original songs that they sing. And it's great. And some people do come. They come to church. Oh, I came because of the music and I wanted to hear this. And, and, but we listen to your sermon too. I'm just kidding. And Let's say I was the greatest speaker in the world and you came to hear me. Chances are, if you see a life changed, a family changed, walking with God, that's going to be a bigger testimony to you. 
Seriously. Because you'll see that and you'll think, gosh, I want that. I want that kind of love. Right? I want that kind of love. I want that kind of joy. I want that kind of freedom. I want that kind of deliverance. You know? Um, I, I loved Vicky's testimony. I usually don't tell people to start at 5%. I just say, just go for it, man. Just go for it with your whole heart. First in everything, God, everything. Amen? First in your heart. First with your time. First with your talents. Don't feel rejected if you're not there. Just ask God to change you and start walking with the things he's showing you. There is nobody perfectly compliant in this room, okay, except for one. And he used to be on that cross. And don't think for a second that Jesus is not here because he is here. He is here in our midst. I'm telling you, he is here. He's with us. And he's bearing witness. When I preach today, he's going to bear witness of his word. When we worship, he bears witness of his glory. That's what you sense when you let go and just trust God. And he's with us when we're resources. When we bring our finances together, imagine the Old Testament when they brought their resources together and brought it before the throne of God and laid it there. And it's as if the God from heaven just goes, I got it. This is a person who trusts me. These are so important. Do the same with your heart. Same thing with your life. And if you're blowing it, don't worry about it. That's why we have the forgiveness of Christ. Right? Don't fret on it. Beat yourself up. Oh my gosh, can't believe it. Just go, you know what? Lord, I blew it. Confess it to somebody. Doesn't have to be a pastoral meeting. Find your cousin. Find your friend. Someone you trust who's not going to blab it on Facebook. Right? If they're a Facebook blabber, don't tell them anything. Make up stuff. <laughs> I won the lottery. Hey, John won the lottery. You know, and let's, let's see God change our lives. Amen? This wisdom of the ages is more than a series. <laughs> you know, talking to Jody again before I get really in the heart of this. You know, I told her, I said, do you think I'm, my call is a waste? And I said, because I feel sometimes like I don't know if I'm impacting people enough. And I don't want to fall short of my own calling. And, you know, I, I know that's not true, but I'm just being transparent. The fruitfulness that we're going to get is going to come from God. And I ask, Lord, that you would bring about a fruitfulness that comes from on high. Lord, as I talk about the two options and the two trees and the two gates and all that, Lord, I pray, Lord, that this heavenly option versus the earthly option, would you deposit that in our hearts? You're the heavenly father who says, ask and it will be given to you, right? Seek and you'll find it. Lord, I ask you, would you open the hearts of us, myself and the people, and will you pour your life into us through your word and transform us, Lord? So not that we can be these ridiculous religious robots, but that we can become who we're supposed to be. Lord, give us the pure hearts that we need. And pass it on to our kids and our families and our friends. In Jesus' name, if you agree, can you say amen? Amen. amen. I am going to get started. Let's see if we got that going. Okay, good. All right, let's just get started. I'm going to start in James 3, go a little quick through that, and then I'm going to camp on Matthew 7. Um, just open your heart to the wisdom of God. I'm sure some of these scriptures you've heard before, but I promise you, you will hear them fresh, not because I'm amazing, but because God is amazing. And he knows how to open the text up to our lives. Now, there are, could you say with me, two sources. 
Okay, when the wisdom of God, when the wisdom in the air is available, it comes from two places. Okay, two places that are possible, two sources. We sometimes call that earthly wisdom foolishness, but the world calls it wise, and God calls his own wisdom heavenly wisdom. What comes from heaven is wise, what comes from earth is natural. And James says it this way. He says, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? What's the obvious answer? No, of course not. That's why he's given the analogy. My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives? Can a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. It's just obvious. And then he asked this question. So who was wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life. Let let your good life demonstrate your wisdom. That it's a changed life. That it's being changed. That it's a repentant life. By deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. Okay? It comes from wisdom. Now, but he says, but if you harbor bitter envy. And I'm telling you, this struck me immediately just reading through this, and I've read it a thousand times. But but think about those three words. He isn't saying if you're envious. He's not saying if you're harboring stuff. He's not even asking if you're bitter. And he's he's not even saying it's just plain harboring envy. It's harboring, like, you know, corralling the ships in a safe place. You've harbored and put aside not only your envy of I want this and I want that, Earthly wisdom looks like that. I want this. I want that. You're harboring it. And it's not just anything. It's an envy of wanting things that's become bitter. It's like that's where earthly wisdom gets you. You want more and you never get it. It's like you talk to the rich man, how much is enough? And they just said, one more, one dollar more. And and I, I was talking to a waitress this day and she said, you know, it's funny. She goes, the people with the most money tip the worst. Isn't that interesting? It's, it's, it's not the way that it should be. Amen? It's that like God has a different plan. He says, if you have this harboring bitter envy, selfish ambition in your heart, you know this, it says don't boast about it or deny the truth. Don't pretend like you don't have it. Who's going to win with that? You know, it's not true. It's not me. I'm okay. I'm okay. Preacher, who are you to talk to me? I'm not talking to you. The Bible's talking to you. Right? It says, such wisdom does not come from heaven. He's going, this, no, no matter how often you follow this wisdom, do you think it's, it's not headed toward a destination? Trust me, it's going somewhere. Wisdom is a path. It's an option. And, and if you follow the earthly wisdom, which is the foolishness, it will take you to a place. There is a destination that it is. And all along the way, the paths get more and more crooked. It says it's earthly it comes, it's, it's the horizontal market. Let me tell you this. Let me share with you this. Back and forth. It's like the Tower of Babel, you know, where they're trying to erect some statue that, that's kind of in the heavens. It's kind of a, you know, a talisman that takes you, connects you to the heavens, you know, because that's where our reality is. And I love NASA programs and space programs. But you really think, Mr. Scientist, that you're going to find your heart, life's eternal answers by finding a planet that's like ours? Yeah, but I think we found a seed on it and water. Hey, I got a surprise for you. Why don't you look on the earth? 
We have human beings on the earth. Trip out on that. And mountains and bugs and all kinds of things. Listen, I'm all for space exploration, but if you think it's going to answer your questions to your life, just talk to an old, old scientist and look at the sadness. There's no joy there. I'd rather be two years old and know nothing about science and have the Lord. Amen? It's, listen, it's earthly, it's unspiritual, it's demonic. One of the sources, can you just say earthly wisdom? It's earthly wisdom. And then the other source, it's a heavenly wisdom. He says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, it's pure. It doesn't have any impartiality to it. It's not trying to get something from you. It wants peace. It's a reconciler. It's considerate. It's not just thinking about itself. It's submissive. In other words, it doesn't always have to be the boss. I'm in charge. I tell everyone what to do. It's got a submissive heart. I can be led. I can learn. It's submitted. It's full of mercy and good fruit. It comes from the right tree. The tree, can a fig tree bear olives? No. But this one, a heavenly source, brings good fruit. Impartiality. Sincerity. Two sources. Which one do you want? Which source do you want? Because there are two options that Jesus describes all the way through the scriptures. I put here several of them. Two streams. Right? One river goes this way. Can, is it someone go back there, Eric? If, am I ringing? Can you guys hear me ringing back there? Jake, can just put it down just a tad. Two streams, there's two trees, right? An apple tree can't produce an orange. An orange tree can't produce an apple. There are two wineskins, the old wineskin and the new wineskin. You can't put, you know, new wine into old wineskins because it's going to burst, you know, when, when it goes through its process. There's two sons, Jesus says. The one who says, I'm going to do it, but doesn't do it. And the one who says, I'm not going to do it, but he does it, right? There's the prodigal son that says, I'm going to take a spend it all on, you know, you know, extravagant living. And the other one who stays home, but he's bitter too. Two sons, two choices, two gates. You know, the wide and broad gate, the narrow gate. The, the wide, broad road, the narrow road. There's two builders, you know, one who builds on sand, one who builds on the rock. There's two options. There's always two outcomes. But can you say with me, there's one decision, there's one decision, and that's where you get to play the role, where you're cooperating, where you're keeping in step with the Spirit. Yes, I do believe that those, that answer is divinely empowered, but you still need to make it. Do I hear amen? amen. You still live it out. You experience it. And James 1.5, I've used it before, and I don't care if I use it every single Sunday. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. You should ask him. Do I hear amen? amen? You should ask him. I don't know what to do. I'm really so slow like that, man. I'm going, to get, I'm going to get the Better Business Bureau book so I can figure things out. I have learned more things just by going, God, will you show me, than I have in a number of other different avenues. And there's times where I turn to God and God said, why don't you go learn something? And I go, okay. That was the wisdom I got. How many have gotten that wisdom from God? Okay. There was only so much you're going to learn doing this on your remote control. Or some of you kids doing this, right? I don't even know. How, I don't play games. <laughs> Funny, I've made hundreds of games. <laughs> hundreds. And I don't play games. You know, I'm not a big game player. But I like it. I like, I like especially third-person shooting. It's so fun. <laughs> you know. I imagine some of your faces on it, and then I just... I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> that, that's just 
Bad humor. Listen, if you lack wisdom, everyone say you should ask God. Who gives generously to who? To all. To all. And I love this, and you got to love this, without finding fault, right? If, 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 if I have a grudge with someone or you have a grudge with someone and they start asking you something, you're going to withhold stuff. God's not. You can ask him anytime. He'll give it to you without finding fault, and it will be given to you. And, and the scripture says, but when you ask, what do you got to ask? You must not doubt. You should believe God. Amen? Okay, so again, two options, two destinations. One, go somewhere. You make that choice, and you go that way. You make the choice this way, and it goes that way. It's important. Okay? So there are two not only options. There's not only um, two sources, but there's two architects, two buildings. Two people build on what they get. And here's Jesus speaking. And he's, he's kind of said here, you know, he's given the water, he's given the spring, what's this way and what's that way. And then he basically says, some people are going to say to me, Lord, Lord, you know, you know, didn't we you know, uh, prophesy in your name, doing all kinds of things? And he's going, you know what? You've been, you're an evildoer. You, you don't even know me. In other words, you are religious, but you, but you never put your trust in Christ. You put your hope in yourself. And, and he makes this, he says, he says, by their fruit, you're going to recognize who my followers are. When they'll be the ones that love each other. They're my disciples, right? They're the ones who will, as I was sent by the Son, Father, I'll be sending them. And that's why, you know, we, we sent some people out first service um, today. And I send people out, I've sent out people my whole ministry. My pastor used this phrasing. He said, we love people. You know, we help mend people. Then we help train people. And then we help send people. I, how many are glad that my church sent us? Yeah. Right? You know, talking to Kevin and what's going on right now in the Philippines and going to Idaho, different parts of Utah, that God's touching. You know, we're going to be planting churches all over the world. Some of you are going to be sent. You don't realize it. Right? It's time to step up. Amen? You don't even know that you have a call because you're too busy navel-gazing. Right? We have to lose our life to what? Find it. You have to die to yourself, right, if you want to live. These are just Jesus' important words. Listen to how Jesus says to architects here. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man. He built his house on the rock. Now, I, I joke about stuff, you know, a, a lot. But, but let me be serious about this because it's so important. When he says everyone who hears, everyone hears whether you built on sand or you built on a rock. Everybody hears. That's not the issue. It's, do you hear and put it into practice? That, that's the difference in it. Now, if you know, are familiar with the Sea of Galilee, especially during the summer months, the, there's, the sand gets really hard and, and kind of brittle. And, and if you want to build something anywhere in that area, all the way offshore, you have to dig down at least six to eight feet just to get your foundation started. Then you got to go even deeper, even in those days. And, and you know, you know, people were building on South Mountain. I remember when I first moved here and I was watching them take the sand and dirt off of the side of the mountain and putting it in the foundation. I was so worried about it. I was going, I hope they've got some plan. Because I asked the guy who, in my neighborhood, I said, listen, I said, so what was here before? Because I know it was empty lot. And he goes, yeah, some of this was swampland. 
And he goes, but I'm a builder. And I said, and he goes, and a carpenter. And he said, so when they built my house, because they built his house, and the guy I bought the house from, also, um, he, he watched him build his house. He said, when they did the foundation, I made sure they went extra deep. And he goes, look around. He goes, we have the deepest house in this neighborhood as far as the foundation. And I went, Alan, I'm glad you live here. You know, how many know we need a deep foundation? If you, if you listen to his words, you hear his words, and you put them into practice, it's like a guy who built his house and embedded the house in the rock. Right? That, that's one. And, and so it's, it's going to be immovable because the rock's not going to move. Amen? God's principles will stay the same. They'll always work. You can turn to whatever good housekeeping or cosmopolitan or whatever you want to get your dating advice, but I'm telling you that it'll be wrong. But you go to God's word and trust his dating advice and you'll see blessing. I promise you. It won't be religious. It'll work just for you. God will make it work. Amen? Listen, so we have two architects. One, the wise man, the builder, hears and he practices. And then on the other side, we have the foolish man. He hears and he doesn't practice. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice. They both hear it. He doesn't. He's like the foolish man who builds his house on sand. And, and people ask all the time, they go, how deep should I build my foundation? How deep should it be? And let me give you the answer because it's rooted in God's word. How are you going to build on top? Are you going to just build a tent? Is that what your life is going to be as a tent with a couple flags? Then don't worry about it. A foot's pretty good. But if you feel like God's going to build something rich, not only in your life, but decades to come, legacies to come, that he's going to build something in the city, in, in the heart of the kingdom around your calling, and I believe he wants to, then you have to dig deep. And you got to dig wide. Unless you're just trying to build one thin tower that goes straight up and ends up leaning. It'll be famous, it just won't do anything. <laughs> right? That's how big, that's how wide. And, and this... This may be the most profound thing I'm going to say to you. Jesus says, anyone who hears these words of mine and practices, he builds on these words. Everybody is building on someone's words. This is that breaks my heart, really, honestly. Because I see people building on such incredibly shallow words. Why not build on God's words? Why not build on something that won't move? Something that you know that once you build it, it's built right. It has a foundation to it. It's anchored in it. Why build on something fleeting, that's seasonal, that doesn't have any anchor points? There are two obstacles here. And I wrote there Matthew 7, verse 25, and I have in parentheses verse 27. And the reason I have that there is because he gives this same sentence twice. 
once he gives the sentence almost identical for the person building on the rock, and then he gives the same sentence in verse 27 for someone who's building on the sand. And here's what he says. He says, and the rain fell. The rain fell. It's not a matter if the rain in life is not going to fall. Okay, it's going to come. And when the rain comes down, the floods are going to rise. And boy, when it rains, it pours, doesn't it? Isn't that how it works? It's like sometimes when it rains, you just go, man, is it going to stop raining? I come from California, and it's such a contrast to Utah because they do not know how to handle bad weather. Honestly, they don't. It rains, and you know how like you have like intersections? All the intersections flood over. Like I have this thing behind my house. It's kind of like a, I don't know what it's called, but it's kind of a safety, you know, outlet, you know, and then they even build their parks that way, you know, here in Utah, where in case the water starts to get high, it just throws the water in there and it can go up quite a bit, you know, so it doesn't destroy houses. But I still met people who've been hurt by floods. The rain is going to fall. True? The floods are going to come in life. And boy, if you're not anchored to anything, boy, there you go. And and trust me, I I really believe that there are times in life when hurricane weather comes and it doesn't matter what you're building, it's going to fall. But you have a spiritual anchor that's embedded in a spiritual rock who is Christ. And your house may get crumbled and your, you know, you might lose even people or finances or resources, but your life is still anchored in the rock. And that is your only hope. And the winds blew and beat on that house. And you know why I know it's the devil sometimes? Because he huffs and he puffs and he blows your house down. That was pretty stupid. Just just sounded good at the time. It worked much better on first service. (laughs) There's nothing worse than having the rain come down and you start to see flooding and you start to see parts of your life rot away. Right? It's the aftermath. And you start to realize, man, whatever I built here, because any foundation that you build on that hasn't already been laid in Christ, according to 1 Corinthians... Is, is waste. The light on the day of the Lord, it will be shown for what it is. Uh, I don't want to build on that, do you? How many want to build on Christ? How many want to build on what he has, his purposes in my life? Amen? Okay. And let's get to the core of it here. There are two outcomes. Two outcomes. It's just the way that it is. It's two outcomes. Look at, look at the first one. The rain comes. Then the flood comes. The winds come, and it just beats. It blows, and it beats against that house that's not rooted in anything. It just keeps beating on it, and you open the windows, and you're going, hey, what happened? It's like the three little piggies, right, who made three different houses, and the, the one with brick is the one that lasts, right? One of those little Aesop fables, you know? And the thing is, you know it when you're in it. 
and people will take their little twig house and they'll start adding to it. And they, you know, they put a little bit more mud on it. It's like Big Bang Theory. You know, you just got to keep adding some mud to it and hopefully it works eventually. You know what I mean? Rather than a clean E equals MC squared, it's just nice. It's precise. Amen? Look at the Big Bang Theory equations. You can't even understand them because they just add one thing after another. I like it. God spoke and there it was. Amen. Let there be light and there is light. What do we see? It's the light. Nothing moves faster than it. Amen. Whenever it moved, nothing caught up to it. Amen. Let the light be what builds in your life. The light of Christ. Let it build on a deep foundation. Look into the first one. Hear it again. Verse 25 and 27. This is how these two end. Okay. It rained. It flooded, it wind blew, and it beat on that house. And it says, but it did not fall. Why? Because it had been founded on the rock. You're wondering about your calling? Well, you can pursue the world's avenues. You can start pursuing God in this. What is my calling? What's my purpose? You're trying to build a relationship? You turn into the world's ways and the world's answers and the world's techniques? You want to get what your goals are, what you think you might be, and you're getting it from TV. I watched entertainment tonight. Now I know I want it to be. I, I, watched, I read this thing on, on USA Today on, on their news, and it, it said the number. I was looking at the technology section because I, I follow what Apple's doing. I wanted to find out if they made a watch. And it, and it, it said the number one app in the country is the Kim Kardashian app on becoming uh, shopping. So the next question is, how do you think America's doing? I don't know. We make the best shoppers in the world. We know how to shop better than anyone. Yay! Listen, if you have a store, you want shoppers. I understand that. And I'm not trying to pick on Kim Kardashian. I'm sure God's trying to get a hold of her heart as well. But it just surprises me. You know, they say that now that four people spend 44 minutes per day with Facebook. I have a different face that you should seek for 44 minutes. And it's not mine. Seeking the Lord, the face of the Lord. Amen. As my pastor once accidentally said, I was sitting on my face before God, and I said, I don't think you meant that. (laughs) Listen, can everyone say, it did not fall? fall. One more time, it did not fall. fall. Why? It was founded on the rock. Founded on the rock. It, it, it didn't start with sand and then you added some rocks a little bit later to try to make yourself feel better. Sometimes you just got to tear stuff down. I have a cousin who built, he's a great builder, but he forgot, he didn't think about getting permits. He started getting going, so he kept building and kept building, kept building, and then he realized he should have got permits. And he actually put a jacuzzi on his roof. It was killer, right in the middle of Huntington Beach, and you could see on there. And he's a good builder. He built everything rock solid, way better than the the city probably would even recommend it. But he got no permits. 
And, and, he, and so he didn't really follow the ways submitting to the government authorities. And it's kind of like now, every time a cop goes by, he's like, oh, I hope they don't shut my house down. <laughs> yeah, they're going to look up and go, you have a jacuzzi on your roof. And, and his house is probably five times whatever is in the neighborhood. You know? And he goes, what should I do? He goes, what do I do? And I go, tear it down, start over. Do it right. And he goes, I can't do that. I've already invested too much. And I go, you're going to be worrying about this for 10, 20 years, right? Who cares? Some people don't want to tear down what you built. Just let it go. Trust me, I'm as stubborn as you. I want to hold on to it, don't you? You want to hold on to something you built? And God's like, let it go. Just let it go. If you let go of everything, my pastor always says, you can ask God for anything. If you just let go of everything, you can ask God for anything. Because everything's on the table. Listen, if you build it on sand, it fell with a great crash. It's, it, it was loud. The winds blew and kaboom, it falls. And I promise you, God will pick you up. But why go there? Amen? Why go there? We got two outcomes. There they are. But number six, there's one decision. Do I hear amen? amen. Here's one decision. Just get the mirror out. It's with you. Look at how the scripture continues. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. It was real life. It wasn't just accidental. It was truth that came out in a way. And, and I want you to see, what, what just look at these words of Jesus. Now that you know these things, you will be, say it with me, blessed. You'll be blessed if you do it. Do it. You learn something. It doesn't mean I'm not talking about we got to be perfect to be right with God, otherwise we won't have blessing. How many know that we have blessing in Christ? He has forgiven us and we have blessing. And just because I apply my heart to obedience doesn't mean I'm negating that. As long as I'm doing it in accordance to it, looking for the power of God in my life and saying, Lord, help me to watch this because you now that you know it, You'll be blessed if you do it. How many say amen? Why don't you close your eyes and let's uh, close with this. Father, I thank you. You say, do not merely listen to the word and deceive ourselves, but do what it says. And Lord, I, I, I want us, Lord, to be able to discover that for ourselves. Not to make mistakes, just to find the right avenue, but Lord, to just trust your word. And there, there might be some of you right now, I know there are. I'm not saying that I know who it is, because it doesn't really matter what I know or don't know. What matters is what you know. You've been that person who has put too much hope in the earthly wisdom. You're relying on yourself. You're walking in principles that are not guided by his word and his truth. I call it fudging. You fudge it. You're fudging things. Don't deny it. How's that going to help you? Don't deny the truth. Don't think that the preacher came here to pick on you. The preacher's here to, to bless you. He's trying to help you. 
He knows his own problems that he's working on. Let me just tell you right now, if that's you, would you just look up to God, just between you and God right now, and just say, Lord, it's me. This is something I've struggled with. Just just put your hand up and acknowledge it to God and say, Lord, I've turned to earthly wisdom. I want to turn to your wisdom, to heavenly wisdom. With that, I'm going to have our base camp leaders come on up because I want them to be available for prayer of anyone who needs it afterwards. Base camp is a resource for us uh, to help you learn how to walk with God. Um, Ira mentioned we're walking some of our youth through it. It's an encounter with God is what it is. It's awesome. And the second group here is you've been walking in the wisdom of God, but maybe you've gotten discouraged. And it's just you're going, Lord, I thought I was going to get this outcome. I thought I was going to get that outcome. I thought this was going to happen. And there's something about letting the expectations go. So you're not erecting the, an idol that says, God, you must do it this way and you must do it that way. Will you just give that up and let God give you the results that he wants and trust that he knows how to build in your life? If that's you, we just raise your hand and say, Lord, forgive me, I give up. I put the expectations down. Please do it. Please do it. Let the expectations go. This was one of the hardest lessons I've learned. It's just trusting God with how he does it and how he wants to do it. And just say, Lord, I'm going to trust you to bring the results you have in the way that you have them. You can put your hand down. And then I want to ask you, you haven't had your hope in God. You've been carrying your own self, your religious self, you know, how good you can be, kind of making your own standing with God, somehow trying to get him to, to like what you're doing, to try to see your religious changes. And your hope can't be in yourself. It has to be in God. And I'm telling you, I point to a cross all the time because it represents the cross of a couple thousand years ago and prophesied 4,000 years ago. It's a long time. It points to the forgiveness that you and I needed for the sins and where we fell short. If you're that person who needs that forgiveness right now, we just look up at me and raise your hand. I want to pray with you as a group here. Just put your hand up and amen, amen. I see it. Anyone else over here? Amen and amen. Anyone else? Yeah, I can see you right there. Amen. Anyone else? Is that a, is that a hand raised? Okay, amen, amen. Okay, Father, I thank you for these. Lord, if I didn't see them, you saw them. And would you just just pray with me and say, thank you, Lord. Let's pray all together, can we? Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross for my sins. I accept your forgiveness. I thank you for paying my debt. I don't take it lightly. I ask you to change me by your power. I can't do it myself. I need you. I need to be saved. Just say it louder. Say, I need to be saved. Say, I need to be rescued. I need to be delivered. I need to be made whole. I need to learn to walk in your ways. I need to learn how to hear your words and walk in them. 
It's called wisdom. Give me wisdom. How many say amen? Amen. Just, hey, can we, I want to give a clap offering to God, but I want to acknowledge before God, how many of you got something from his word? Come on. Can we thank him? Father, thank you. We praise your name, Lord. You are the awesome God, the true and faithful one in every way. You are the perfect one and the righteous one.